Hello, I'm Sylvia Lécuyer, and this episode of Notations will give me the opportunity to present you three guests, Magdalena Loth-Hill, violinist, Elisa Bogdanova, artist, and George Ross, cellist, all members of the Conson Quartet, who will be performing in Vancouver on February 17th at Christchurch Cathedral. And I welcome you all three. Hello, Thank you. thanks for having Hello. us. Quite exciting to have three quarters of the quartet with us this morning. It's quite <laughs> exciting. And tell me, Magdalena, uh, when this uh, quartet was formed uh, and started to perform as a group? Well, we met at the Royal College of Music in London when we were students. And we started playing together as a quartet probably about 10 years ago. Um, but we had been playing together in various other constellations. So George and I played a lot of Baroque music together and with Agatha, who sadly isn't here today, but um, we, we'd be playing lots of orchestral stuff as well. And then it was kind of George's idea, really. I have to give him credit um, to put this quartet together in order to explore the kind of repertoire that we play, but on gut strings specifically. Um, so, yeah, it's been yeah, about 10 years now that we've been playing wow. together. And and Agata Dereskaita, you mentioned, is also in your group, and she has uh, Lithuanian-Polish roots. Uh, you have Polish roots too. Uh, George from UK. Uh, there is a very society of nation there. I think uh, Bulgaria also, Elitsa. Um, so when you get together to play music together, what is what unites your way of playing? What how come you all together, Elitza? <laughs> we always joke about um, George being a quarter Ukrainian or something because we always talk about <laughs> the, the Eastern European power of our quartet. <laughs> uh, because as, as a family, you know, you know how you essentially become a family as a string quartet. You have to have that slight directness eventually with with each other. Um, but we love each other really and uh, it's brilliant to discuss music together and I think we all have a lot of respect for each other's musicianship and it, for me as because I joined the quartet slightly later than than the other three uh, for me it was always very special joining them and I felt like a lot of things from the beginning didn't need to be said we just kind of had a communal feeling about playing together which is always a plus mm -hmm. and you were all trained in England too where of course you put all your your um, knowledge together um you were called a period quartet what does that mean George a period quartet well as Magda mentioned before the idea was always to play on gut strings this sort of music from 1750 all the way to 1900 really the classical and romantic period of music which um is not so often done. There are less than a handful of string quartets uh, in the UK that play on gut strings. So it's quite unique in that respect. Um, and then we use slightly weird bows, uh, which are sort of transitional bows. So then bow, which is convexly shaped yeah. where you can, yeah, it's, it's curved like a modern bow essentially, but um, it doesn't have all of the bits of metal and the stuff at the heel that weighs it down. Um, but it's got that it's got that curve, that convex curve that means that you can sustain the sound for sort of long singing melodies. But it's it's light enough that you can still sort of dance about. It's not glued to the string all the time. 
So um, you said something important for me to understand, that? actually. You said you can sustain longer lines if you have a bow like that, which is not possible with those curved bows. Yeah. It's not so not so easy with a Baroque bow. Um, they were just experimenting with a lot of things in the later 18th century. And then, yeah, they started adding bits of metal to them and you get the romantic bow a bit later. Um, but we sort of play on slightly rudimentary romantic bows. Yeah. But it, we just wanted to explore this world on, on gut strings because it's it's just a different sound immediately. The way that you connect with the string and um, it just gives you a different experience of how the instrument vibrates than if you play on a steel string. Let me do say something almost stupid. If you have gut string, there is kind of an animal living quality to it. Uh, does it give warmth immediately to the sound? What do you, what yeah, do you think, Magdalena? Yeah, definitely. It's a very different sound to modern metal strings. And in fact, the, the method of sound production as well is very different. You have to kind of dig into the string a bit more. Um, and it's perhaps a bit softer than than modern metal strings. So when people hear us, they may be expecting a, a modern quartet sound and it's something very different. I think there are lots of interesting colours to be found on gut strings and particularly in the quieter dynamics, you can really explore some lovely colors. So it's kind of perfect for chamber music in smaller spaces, perhaps. Is there a, a moment where we cannot talk about early music anymore? Because sometimes we see that early music brings out all sorts of repertoires, that different kind of music. And now we have Mozart, which is more classical. So where's the border? Good Who question, to... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about it all the time and we always get asked the question, where, where is the limit? And we haven't really set a limit as a group. We've been talking for years about one day exploring the Bartok quartets, because, of course, even they would have been played on guts. Um, so lately, the group's been exploring some French music, Debussy and Foray, which is completely new territory for us. Um, it's fascinating and, you know, something we've worked on a lot together as a group is perhaps Mendelssohn. We feel very comfortable with uh, Mendelssohn. We'll be bringing Fanny Mendelssohn's quartet to Canada, of course. And uh, so stepping out of that comfortable territory and moving into Debussy, you kind of have to create your own language together once again from scratch as a group. Wow, Debussy on gut strings then? Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> I know that you already have a CD out where you had Haydn, I think, and Mendelssohn, and you will have more Mendelssohn coming. But I think I saw somewhere, um, George, that you are also thinking of contemporary music like Gavin Bryars, for example. Yeah, well, Gavin Bryars is writing us a string sextet with two colleagues who are coming over from the from the States. It was supposed to happen uh, this last summer, just gone, but it will happen next year. As I feel like, Ellie, you might know more about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is officially our first commission as a group um, with the help of um, friends of the quartet and uh, a few wonderful foundations that support us. So um, it's, yeah, it's going to be the first piece written for us and for friends. And uh, we thought Gavin Bryars's language is perhaps well suited to Gut strings. He was really keen to explore that sort of sound world. I think he's writing an opera 
for, for a bigger group, uh, also yeah. for cut strings. So he's really venturing into this territory, which is not entirely new to him, but he loves the idea of doing more. Um, yeah, and we, we've been talking for years about how that makes sense for us as a group and whether playing contemporary music on Guts is relevant. But there are plenty of composers who take interest in it and who make it work really nicely, so why not? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, the more, the, the better, and you can have diversity of uh, colors and everything. Um, the program you bring to Vancouver uh, is um, Mozart, Haydn, uh, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, and Fanny Mendelssohn. So those four composers lived at the same period. They are strict contemporaries. So that means that string quartet was really what to write at the time, no, Magdalena? Yeah, definitely. Everybody was writing string quartets at that time. And they're, they're very different pieces there. I think that's, um, yeah, interesting for us to explore repertoire from a similar period, but with such different characters. I mean, the Fanny Mendelssohn compared to Chevalier de Saint-Georges is such a completely different language. Um, so, yeah, it should be a fun program for us. But Mozart and Haydn must be closer because I think they were kind of emulating each other. I think Mozart was interested and impressed by Haydn's quartet. And so do we recognize the same language? Yeah, there are definite similarities. Um, so we're bringing a very early Mozart. Um, so kind of Mozart figuring out how, how to write a string quartet very kind of early days. And the Haydn actually is from his Opus 33 set, um, which he'd written his Opus 20 set, which was hugely popular. Um, lots of people were playing it. And then he took, I think, an interval of about 10 years before he then wrote the Opus 33 set. And the one that we'll be playing, number two, the joke, is perhaps the most famous from the set. Um, so Haydn's kind of much more developed in this stage of his quartet writing. I think the Opus 20s were what people generally consider his the first kind of quartets as we know them now in terms of form and structure. Um, so yeah, they were they were inspired by each other, but uh, very different. Hmm. I, I have to ask you to tell me the secret of the joke. What is it a joke? And what, what I saw in the program know that they tell us don't applaud too early because the joke will be on you. So what's the joke? Who dares to tell me? I don't know what you should be saying. Maybe we shouldn't give it away. It happens yeah. in the last movement, I'll say that. Yeah, we have to do the joke well. We have to deliver it well in order for for you perhaps not to applaud too soon. Okay, but is it a bit like the surprise symphony? Because I think it's Haydn who wrote the surprise symphony or Leopold Mozart, one of those two. Yeah, it's Haydn. Haydn yeah, Haydn. Okay, well, we'll just follow very <laughs> attentively and to see what's happening. I think so. I think you have to come to the concert to find out oh, what's that's funny. The plan. That's the whole plan. Absolutely. But uh, tell me, uh, George, your instruments, uh, the four instruments are very different to uh, an instrument from the 18th centuries, early 18th, uh, early 20th century or late 19th century. How come they, they can create this harmonious? Yeah, we, yeah we've got one from every... Yeah. Every century, actually, haven't we? Magda's is sort of how early is it? late eighteenth, late seventeenth century. Magda's is uh, late sixteen hundreds. Uh, it's a Venetian. Yeah. We don't know who made it, but yeah, it's very old. And then Aggie's violin is sort of seventeen seventy English thing. 
which she says apparently Jacob Ford's violins were often mistaken for Italian instruments uh, in their shape. And, and then Ellie's got a copy of an Italian sort of, it's a comp, you know, it's it's a influ influenced by many styles, isn't it? It's not one particular thing. Yeah. But it's a modern made instrument, which sounds somehow amazing with gut strings. And your cello is a... uh, brand new. No, Ellie's cello is new. My my cello, uh, Ellie's viola is new. My cello is about 130 years old, 140 years old, maybe. It's French. So is it because they were just um, done on the same pattern that they have this homogenous sound? Because you have to, to test to find the instruments that will fit together. I find yeah, that like okay. some instruments just love gut strings. And that's the kind of main quality to look for impossible to tell because when you go and look at instruments nowadays they're mostly strung with metals so you go to an auction house or a, or a shop and it's all metal so it's tricky you have to make friends with the <laughs> with the dealers and sort of say can i borrow this it takes a little bit of time for the guts to settle as well i was very lucky with my viola that i found it just at the start of lockdown and then it was kind of stuck in my hands. So I was lucky that I had the time to experiment. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I can't buy it until I've tried it in context in the group. So that was my sneaky excuse. But actually, but yeah, I suppose we have had situations with your viola and then even Magda trying two different violins and people always bring stuff to the quartet and say, what do you think of this? And we figure out if it works within the group, but uh, they're not, you know, uh, deliberately sort of matched to each other but yeah well because you're well known also in, in UK now you have the BC new generation artist status which comes with some perks I suppose what does it do yeah it's been fantastic actually um, so we've done a lot of uh, recording in the studio um, so we're, we've been kind of free to, if, if there's a piece that we particularly want to record, um, we're free to just go into the BBC studios and record, which is fantastic. It's an amazing opportunity. Um, and we've had various concerts through the scheme as well. And many of those have been recorded. Um, so it's been really great exposure um, for us. It's coming to an end, sadly. We had a little extension because of COVID. So we had an extra year, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's been a really good platform for us. And it's also been an opportunity to collaborate with other people on the scheme, which is something we love doing anyway. We really love uh, meeting fellow like-minded musicians and collaborating on things. So that's been wonderful to uh, have the opportunity to play with some amazing musicians. Mm -hmm. I also saw that you were interested in education. You're interested in your approaching young performers and work with them, Elitza. What did that mean? What do you do? Yeah, we have done a fair bit of chamber music coaching um, in some of the UK institutions. We went over to Ireland recently and coached on a lovely summer course. Um, yeah, we love working with young musicians. And I feel like as us as musicians, we feel we can most contribute to chamber coaching because that's what we're perhaps most passionate about. We have also been creating our own sort of education outreach routine which is for sort of schools um, so not necessarily young people who specialize in music yet but it's a way of 
getting them you know excited and passionate about music so going in and uh, talking and performing at larger groups of children and uh, we have a program called Papa's uh, Papa Haydn's Garden <laughs> because there's all these um you know themed um string quartets such as the frog and the bird and the at the sunrise so there's a lot of sort of imagery there to explore you said the word frog and i was watching a video that you did uh somewhere i can't remember the london symphony i think and you were describing the parts of your bows and instrument and there was a frog which is part of your bow what is oh. this <laughs> <laughs> the, piece, the piece at the handle where you hold it is attached to the stick where the hair originally comes out that's called the frog <laughs> i don't know what it's called in french <laughs> well isn't it, frosh? isn't it isn't that oh it's frosh. French, it is from french yeah. that's the first time i heard that that word ever as a kid was in french in fact for some reason i don't know why okay so lots of wonderful things coming from french instead of being including my accent <laughs> i cannot able to dis make disappear today unfortunately <laughs> Um, we talked a little bit about Mozart and Haydn uh, being close together and influencing each other in writing quartet. Uh, what we discover is a Chevalier de Saint-Georges, where I think we heard a couple of his symphonies now. It's starting to, starting to be known, even an opera I saw done in, in L.A., I think. Um, but did he also write a lot of quartets? I, I heard he was a great violinist himself. Magdalena. Yeah, I think um, so. He was born in Guadeloupe, and he uh, travelled to France when he was quite young. And I think he even studied with the Leclerc, possibly. Um, mm -hmm. So he was clearly a very talented violinist. As far as I know, he only wrote three sets of six quartets. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong here. I think they're just three sets of six, um, and they're quite the the set that we're playing a quartet from is they're all quite short. Um, and it's our first uh, experience of playing this music. So we've been wanting to program some of his music for a long time. And finally, we have the opportunity. And um, so I think it's from, is it from his opus one? Somebody needs to correct me if, yeah. I'm, if I'm saying the wrong. Yes. <laughs> the three, I think, that we'll be bringing to Canada. And he was a, a leading figure in musical life in Paris, which was quite amazing. I mean, he commissioned work, he conducted concerts. It's amazing. He was in contact with Haydn too. Yeah. yeah, quite an important figure in a way. I recently heard his violin concerto, which was brilliant. Oh. Again, just performed here in London recently. And yeah, it was excellent. Well, I will ask you, George, now to present me Fanny Mendelssohn because she wrote only one quartet and you were there with those uh, three women playing, playing that music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how come she wrote only one quartet and, and, and how come we never play it? Well, Fanny was never really published as a composer I mean she published some leader and um, it's not that she was discouraged from writing her husband I think was very encouraging he would put a piece of manuscript paper on her piano every day and say I want this filled, filled in by the end of the day wow. but she wasn't really encouraged to you know publish her work she she actually had a concert series that went on where she would perform on the piano and perform with friends um, but she wasn't really sort of you know out there in public uh, publishing her works but I think she even the, the songs that she ended up publishing uh, she actually went against her brother's wishes 
she sort of asked him, oh, should I go and do this? And he said, no, I don't think you should. But she did it anyway. So she but I think had her he, own the brother made up at the end because after her death, I think he, he helped having her, uh, her work published, isn't it, Magdalena? I think so. But he died very soon after her death, I think, as well. Um, yeah, tragically young. And I often think what more would these composers have created if they'd lived longer? Yeah. Um, but I think he they had they maintained a really wonderful correspondence, the two siblings. And um Fanny would often write to her brother, as George said, for advice. Um and it's really interesting reading back what he what he says to her and how he advises her. Um but I think, yeah, she as George says, she was supported definitely by her husband, who was um really keen to support her music making but sadly she wasn't encouraged to do it in a professional capacity it was more in the home but then you want to embark very, some very unique oh sorry this is zoom <laughs> some very unique stuff in it as well like the romance in the middle you don't get in any other kind mm -hmm. of string quartet of Mendelssohn's you get his kind of scherzo ideas um and the, even the first movement is quite rhapsodic um and there's this yeah this is amazing romance in the middle that has a big storm in the middle of it. But you are embarking in recording uh, men, the brother, the big brother uh, quartets now. Is that what you're going to do, Elitza? Yeah. <clears throat> so we've we've done one already. In fact, okay. So starting from the beginning, we recorded two of his pieces on our debut CD. Uh, but this was part of um, the EEE merging program in Ambrune in France. So that was a sort of one-off project. Whereas now we are signed to the Scottish label Lynn Records, and that would be for a full Mendelssohn cycle. So we've done the first CD of that, and this will be released midway through March, which is very soon now. Uh, feels like ages ago that we recorded it. <laughs> it's always like that with recording, isn't it? Um, yeah, so hopefully more from that soon but that particular cd has a very interesting piece on it it's the um string quartet from 1823 it doesn't have an opus number it was published after his death and not many people perform it even in what they call complete cycles this piece isn't really featured well thank you for digging in and making that known to us. That's very, very exciting. Well, um, this is wonderful to talk to you all. Say hello to, um, what, is, what is your name? Or the, the fourth one? Agatha. <laughs> Agatha. Agatha for me. And then she will be, of course, joining you on, on the tour. We're looking forward to you. Thank you, Magdalena, Elisa, and George for chatting with me today. You can purchase tickets for the Concert Quartet concert on February 17th at Early Music 
www.notations.bc.ca. And we hope you'll join us for the next episode of Notations. Thank you.